Hi, welcome to my channel. My name is Lisa Alistway, and I create inspirational and informational videos you can use and apply to your life. My guest today is Rick Higgins, who is an author, multimedia creator, and a certified life coach. Rick is also the host of Mastering the Second Half, which is an over 50 lifestyle show that focuses on travel, motivation, and experiences. I will be linking his website down below for your reference. Welcome, Rick. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Oh, well, my background has been pretty normal, sadly, in a way. <laughs> uh, by trade, I'm an IT person. I've done the whole American lifestyle, married, have kids, chase a career, all of that stuff. And it has brought me to the point where I've started the YouTube channel and a new career, which is called Mastering the Second Half, which is kind of what do you do after you hit a certain age and everything that you used to do really isn't in your life anymore. So my background has kind of led me to my foreground in a way. Fantastic. So let's talk about what exactly is a second halfer? <laughs> that is a very broad question. Uh, second halfer, to me at least, is somebody typically in their 50s, perhaps, uh, sometimes 40s, sometimes 60s. A lot of folks, you know, they go through the American tried and true and they, they raise their kids, they raise their family, they pursue their career, but they hit a certain age, a certain time in their life when they realize that they're not climbing the career anymore. Their kids are off having their own kids. And a lot of what we used to do is no longer what we're currently doing. So mastering the second half or even entering your second half is basically decision time. What do you do? Do you just sort of hang around and wait for grandkids to come up? Do you go travel? There's, all, there's a lot of options that people have. And the problem a lot of folks have is they're not ready for it. They're not ready to ask the questions. They're not ready to make the challenges. Mm -hmm. And they're also not ready for a lot of feedback from people who are not used to seeing them in this new paradigm. Yes, they might still want to live in the fantasy of the first half of life, but the reality is, if we're all lucky, we reach the second half. And I like your channel because you really address a lot of the issues and concerns that people have as they enter their second half of life that maybe they've not really thought about, but now they're faced to think about. So um, so let's start with some maybe some helpful, helpful advice you would give to somebody who's entering that second phase of life. <laughs> uh, and here's the fun part, because I keep giving this advice to myself because I am right smack in the middle of it. Uh, the biggest piece of advice I got for someone is don't be afraid to try new things. And I guess the sort of a sideline to that is don't listen to what other people are saying if it's negative. Uh, a lot of people are very used to either being in a certain position, doing a certain thing, and those around them are so used to seeing them be mom, be dad, be a career person, be whatever. And when someone starts challenging that or questioning that and going, you know, hey, I've got time. Maybe I'd like to try the guitar. Maybe I would like to travel. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of people aren't used to seeing you do that. Maybe you're not used to seeing yourself do that. Maybe. So the biggest piece of advice is allow yourself that maybe. Yes. I like that. Um, so common for a lot of people to get stuck in their routine. And as they're going about just their daily lives, they can feel like they're in a rut. So I like the idea of, well, it's never too late to recreate who you want to be or what you want to do at 
any age. So I think that's a really positive, great message to kind of get across. Yep. And uh, for some people, it's minor, you know, and again, I don't I don't want to, you know, poo poo or down on anybody who perhaps want to continue. I mean, if that's your thing, if continue working in your career because it has importance to you or waiting around for the grandchildren or whatever it is you're doing, it, as long as it makes you happy, but it needs to be a conscious decision to make you happy, not just because this is the train you've been riding for 40 years and why should you change seats now? And again, uh, some people could look at what they're doing and decide, I want to make a huge change, which is actually something we'll probably talk about in a minute because I am making a huge change. And it has raised a few eyebrows amongst people in my circle. Fantastic. Um, one of the big concerns I think a lot of people have as they age, there's a lot of fear around the aging process, you know, possibility of disease, um, possibility of losing friends, uh, losing parents. Um, there's a lot of um, trials that come with your midlife and as you're getting older. So can we talk a little bit um, as a life coach, what type of advice do you give people, you know, in their second half in dealing with these challenges? Um, I actually kind of experienced this in myself. I recently, well, recently meeting within the past six months turned 60. Happy uh, birthday. I had a lot of, thank you. I had a lot <laughs> of fear and loathing about that number. I couldn't believe I was going to be 60, you know, 40 and 50 passed with ease. Uh, but 60 sounded like such a, a huge number, like, oh my God, you know, death is just around the corner or something silly like that. And what I've come to experience, what I've come to know being on the other side of that number is nothing changes. It is, it's a mindset. So yeah, you could be hit by a car or contract a disease in your 20s or in your 60s or 70s. Just, I mean, look what we've just been going through for the past almost two years. There's a lot of danger out there. But the biggest advice I give people when I'm talking to them is, your default setting. Uh, people's default setting is what do they start with? You know, maybe they start with, I can't, or no, I shouldn't. And then they try to talk themselves into it. And if they're flipping a coin, they always go back to the beginning. My advice is to flip that around, start from a position of positivity. You know, yeah, maybe you're going to get sick, but more than likely you're not. So why not begin with, yes, I can, maybe I should, and then try to talk yourself out of it, because if you're living life based on the lowest common denominator or the worst that could happen, you're not living life. Hmm. Very good point. And I think a lot of times as we, uh, you know, enter a new floor, you're on the sixth floor, for example, it can be a little scary. I know my, my dad, when he hit the seventh floor, he was definitely hit with like a moment, but He's in his early 80s and doing well. So I think, you know, mindset has a lot to do with it and just, you know, mm -hmm. being positive and keep living. It's, you know, it's not over till it's over. No, and it does get a little harder as you get older. I it mean, definitely does. You know, yes. Uh, the, the exercise and the diet, you know, the weight doesn't exactly uh, will stay off you like it used to when you were younger. Uh, it just, it's a conscious choice just to, be as healthy as you need to be to do, to do and accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. Uh, it, it's something you got to think a little more about and maybe motivate yourself a little more about something. I obviously need to motivate myself a little more about, but um, it's really not that much of a difference. It is mostly a mindset. Mostly a mindset. Definitely. 
Um, so let's talk about some of the things that we need to maybe ask and answer of ourselves to master the second half of life. What would you say are some of those questions we should ask and answer? Uh, one of the biggest questions are, who matters more, your opinion or other people? And by that, it, it almost sounds like sort of a, a competition, but a lot of folks have lived their life based on other people. Uh, you raised your kids, so you're used to taking care of them, or your parents are older, so you're used to taking care of them. You're always used to taking care of somebody else. And so you rely on their opinions. You rely on their feedback to define who you are, your happiness, and what you do. And once you hit a certain age, and or certain circumstances, you start to need to rely more on your own to you know, rely on your own opinion. And a lot of times the feedback that you're going to get from other people who are so used to you being a caregiver, it's like, what are you doing putting your name on that list? Why, why are you making yourself a priority? You've never done that before, mom or dad or brother or sister. Mm -hmm. And it's a little confusing. And the biggest piece of advice is to listen to yourself to allow yourself have enough self-love for yourself to put yourself on your list to take care of yourself and to listen to what you have to say as much or more as to the feedback you're getting around you most definitely i would say when i hit my 40s and definitely me and my my girlfriends definitely had that kind of epiphany where you really do start to care less about what others think and you really care more about what do I think and what do I want? And so I really admire that about the elders and older generations that have really, that really understand that. Definitely. Any other questions you would add that we need to answer and ask as we enter our second half <laughs> of life? Oh, my Lord, there are many. Uh, yes. A lot of the things that really should challenge you are, um, you know, are there things that you've always wanted to do that perhaps you've put off before and now you've got time and opportunity? We are actually, those of us who are in our 40s and 50s and 60s, have a really unique opportunity. You know, when you're in your 20s, everybody is pursuing the same thing. Go to school, find a career, climb that ladder, raise that family. But once you hit a certain age, you've got a lot of experience. You've already done all of that. You're hopefully or a little more financially secure than you were at 22. Yep. And we have options now. And so it's really an incredible time to start thinking about them. What is it that you've always wanted to do or think outside of the box of things that, you know, hey, I now that I'm this part of my life, maybe I could consider doing it. And and that sort of leads me to one of the, the bigger things, you know, that I know I'm facing a lot of other people are is we all, we've been pursuing retirement and whatever that word means now. Uh, it doesn't mean what it meant for our parents who had pensions right. and retired at 65 and, you know, they sat in their house and gardened. Um, people our age, my age, we're not going to retire. We're not going to just end work and rest on our retirement. We're going to be working. We're going to be doing a lot of things. And so folks my age need to start pondering, well, how do I do that differently? Do I perhaps live my life now, take a few years off and go do something and then come back and work? I mean, we have a lot of options, a lot of opportunities, and it's not going to be what our parents did. And so we have to start thinking about what it is we want to do. Yes, definitely setting a new model, a new example to, you know, the upcoming generations. 
I know for, for me, as I've gotten older, I have done things that maybe I wouldn't have done when I was younger. I, for example, I took a lot of trips by myself solo. And, um, I, I'm from that whole experience. I wish I would have done that in my twenties, you know, cause it was so positive for me. And I learned a lot about, you know, just traveling by myself. Uh, yeah, I, very much me too. Uh, I didn't really get the travel bug till I actually had kids and you really kind of couldn't because they didn't want to go where I wanted to go. <laughs> but that's actually sort of my big thing that I recently did. I was a couple months ago, I was just sitting around going, what am I going to do? When am I going to start traveling again? And I realized, why not now? And actually, I'm quitting my job. I've decided to quit my day job and just go travel for two years. Just going to go oh my around gosh. the world. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do the whole YouTube thing and perhaps try a new career. But part of what I was saying earlier, I kind of realized if not now, when right. I'm healthy, I can do the things that I want to do. I can always go back and work and sit in front of my keyboard and write computer code. But am I going to be healthy enough to enjoy travel, to enjoy a hobby then? Mm -hmm. So for a lot of folks are my age, uh, we're going to have to do some time shifting. And for me, I know for at least two years, maybe more, uh, I'm not going to be working. I'm not going to be doing the traditional stuff. Uh, I'm not quite sure where I'm going to be or what I'll be doing or how I'm going to afford it. But that's I think amazing. For a lot of folks, it's thinking outside of the box. Um, so, so why you know, two years? Why not six months or one year or three years? Why, why do you, why are you choosing two years? I had to pick a number. Honestly, uh -huh. I don't even know what it is. Um, I do know that I need, because of circumstances and whatnot, I know I need to be gone in terms of years. I need to go travel. I need to experience. I really want to make a go of being a full-time content creator and maybe change careers. It's a long shot, but hey, you got to try these things. And a lot of folks in their 50s and 60s, it doesn't hurt to try new things, but uh, it could be a year. It could be three. It could be the rest of my life. Uh, the point I've got that I'm telling myself is it's open-ended. I get to be nomadic. Uh, I don't have to follow a rule book that says I get two weeks of vacation, then I got to come back to work. Uh, it's whatever I kind of decide to do. So crossing fingers, it's more than a year and we'll see how it goes. That's amazing. And just the fact, you know, to make the decision and take the leap and not worry about what other people think. It, like you said, some people are, have might have reservations because that's what they have and they project that onto you. So don't listen to the naysayers. If it's something you really want to do, you should definitely uh, get on the road and do it. Yeah. And you got to be flexible. I learned that the hard way. As soon as I decided to do this, I, you know, I put in my notice, I quit my job. My last day is going to be December 1st. And I get a text from my daughter. Going, hey, dad, I got to talk to you. And then she sends me a picture of a sonogram. I'm like, oh, here's a wrinkle. I'm going to be a grandpa. Um, so now I'm starting this whole trip, actually spending some time up in Virginia with her, helping her with the baby. But uh, the, I guess the point is it's we have the option of being flexible as well. So it's not just, hey, I'm going to quit and do this, boom, said and done. If you look at it as a positive thing, when wrinkles come, and I, I don't want to call my grandkid a wrinkle. But <laughs> They're going to watch this video actually, later. <laughs> yeah. Hey, sorry, grandson, whatever your name is. Um, but it, it is an opportunity to enjoy life by being flexible, by 
taking things as they come and looking for new opportunities. Now I get to start my whole new second half in a really cool way, uh, bringing, helping bringing somebody new into the world and then running off somewhere where the baby isn't crying next to my ear. Mm-hmm. Really cool. So are you, are you traveling solo or with someone? Nope. I am traveling with my wife. Uh, okay. She has always had sort of a, a remote job as well. Uh, and technically my job is remote. I could have kept on working and just gone around the world. We actually did it twice, once back in 2017, one in 2019. But we wanted to try something different. We wanted to devote ourselves to experiencing travel. And we also do a lot of volunteerism. So we're looking forward to going around the world and helping out where we can. And even though it's not a paying gig, it's a very satisfying gig. Mm-hmm. And we wanted more time to be able to do that as well. Right, right. It's not always about the money. You know, like there's plenty of uh, things in life and experiences that don't cost money to begin with. So we shouldn't be always like focused on that. And maybe in the second half, we mm-hmm. have a little bit more freedom to do these types of things. So I think that's awesome that you're going to be uh, traveling around the world and sharing yep. that with and, everybody. Uh, yeah, like we just got back, uh, what was it, four days ago uh, from Louisiana. They got hit with Hurricane Ida. So we spent a little over a week up there uh, just helping out where we can, building a volunteer camp, going into neighborhoods and doing medical care and bringing food assistance. It, it's something we really want to do more of and something I actually highly encourage folks who are in their second half of life, whatever term you want to call it, yeah. is you really do have an opportunity now because you've got experience, you've got knowledge, you've got time. Helping other people uh, strangely helps you. It, it yes. gives you such an, a, an empowered, wonderful feeling. And so that, that's something we definitely want to continue and something we want to expand on as we're traveling around and not just here, you know, in the next state over, but mm-hmm. anywhere that people need help, we kind of want to do it. And I think folks of my age are, who are over 50 really have an opportunity to, to expand more on that and to lead, to, yes. to lead others and other age groups into, into doing this. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so You've talked about, you know, tapping into travel in your second half, if you're able to do that, volunteering, um, because it not only helps others, it helps yourself. So that's great wisdom right there, I think. Um, What else do you think that maybe people should focus on or think about that would be energizing in their second half? I think it's finding something that perhaps you didn't know you wanted um, back when I was beginning, back in my 20s, I, I wanted to be an actor. I, I wanted all of this, things that never really happened because real life took over and you got to pay the bills. And a few years back, I suddenly remembered that. You're like, oh yeah, I once was a creative person. I wasn't always sitting behind a laptop. I think for a lot of folks, you can kind of Look back to some of the dreams that you may have had, some of the things you wanted to try. Literally, maybe it's picking up the piano. For me, it was creativity and acting, which is why I've got a YouTube channel now. I didn't know anything about it when it started. I mean, I had to learn all of the technical stuff, all the production stuff. I had to learn how to act again in a way. But for other people, find the thing that perhaps you've always wanted to do and you never really had time to do it you got time now Mm -hmm. Uh, explore it if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't you gave it a really grand shot and then move on to the next thing and it doesn't have to be a thing it could be multiple things it Mm -hmm. it could be finding a a closer connection with your family it could be 
literally anything that drives a human being, what is it that drives you? And the biggest advice is think about that, not what drives other people or drives you when your title is mother, father, vice president of a corporation. What drives you? Mm-hmm. And then go explore that and then yeah. just keep going. Yeah. So they've done studies on centen- centen- uh, people who live to be 100 centenarians, I think is how you say <laughs> They live to be 100. Night. Like what got you to 100 is, yes, luck. There's luck involved. But a lot of common factor that they found is that people had passion about something. It could be anything. Something simple as fishing could be your passion. Mm-hmm. But to have keep and maintain passion throughout life and to kind of... Um, you know, cause like we said at the beginning, people get stuck, people get into a malaise of life, you know, there's downs and you've got to come back up from the downs. Cause we're all hit with the curveballs. But I think if you always have something that you're passionate about, that gives you kind of a purpose to look forward to, um, that can be a really good strategy too, as you go into your, you know, your golden years. Absolutely. And I was just in a video recently and even though I don't like looking at the negative side of things, the, the topic of the video was uh, confessions on your deathbed. There was mm-hmm. a, a study done of what people actually felt and said during hospice when they looked back on their life. And one of the number one things were they wish they had taken more risks. They mm-hmm. wish they had been more open about what they wanted and that they had pursued things earlier. And so I guess there's two ways of looking at it. You could wait till you're 80, 90, 100. And I'm not even going to try that word because I know I'm <laughs> messing up. Uh, and you can look back and go, oh, I wish I had taken more risk or, oh, I wish I had X, Y, Z. Or you could look at it from where you are right now because every day is an opportunity to start anew and take more risks, uh, maybe a little bit. But what are the things that you want? And this is the time to look forward rather than looking back with regret. Definitely. Definitely. So I think it's interesting that you're a life coach and a lot of what you're talking about, I imagine that's what you're coaching people on. So can you talk a little bit about like exactly what a life coach is, does, and what is your primary clients needing when they come see you? Glad you asked. Most people don't know what a life coach is. They're used to going to therapy or seeing a psychologist or psychiatrist. There is nothing medical about being a life coach. If you employ a life coach, they will never tell you anything. Uh, We ask questions. Um, When a a client comes to me, when I'm talking about, you know, them about their goals, we always start with where they are, where they want to be their goal. And then you look at the various paths between them. But a life coach is somebody who can ask the right questions to get the person to find their own answers. Everyone has their own answers inside of them, but they get tunnel vision. They're so used to doing things a certain way and the people around them are so used to doing a certain thing. They can't see the different paths. They know where they are. They know they wanna be over there, but how do you get there? They get lost. So a life coach will ask a lot of open-ended questions. They'll try to get a person to really think outside of the box. They'll go, oh, I can go this way and then this way. that's how I can perhaps get to the goal. And so a a life coach really is just somebody who can help somebody guide themselves to get to where they need to be. And that could be anything from a a relationship to a career, to 
to, to pretty much anything, any goal that a person has, they just sometimes can't quite figure out how to get there. Yeah. Cause I mean, you could go to your, you know, a family member or a friend, but they may yeah. tell you, don't do that. They may kill your dream, you know, in some sense. So even though they mean well, it may not be uh, helpful, you know, in what you're trying, yeah. maybe trying to accomplish. You maybe want a more yeah. neutral person. Friends and family, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's normal. They have their own biases. Um, yes. They're, they're invested in you, you know, and a lot of this came from me actually needing this. And I realized that I could actually help other people do it. You know, when you're surrounded by other people and you take their advice, uh, you know, they know you, they're, they are a little bit invested in your outcome. But when you actually have somebody who honestly, it's going to sound horrible, not that they don't care, but, you know, whether you take this path or this path or this goal or that goal, you know, at the end of the day, right. I'm going back home to my house. It's not that much of a big deal to me. I, I do want them to succeed, but I, I'm not leading them down my path. And so, you know, a lot of people think it's kind of frivolous and, and actually a lot of people come and go, oh, I really need you to solve my problems and help me find my disease. Like, no, can't do that. That's not what we're doing here. It's not medical. And I am not going to give you a magic pill and go, ha ha, that's where you're supposed to go. But I guarantee you that if we talk and you're open, uh, you're going to find it yourself. It's mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, uh, sometimes you need a little help to ask definitely. the right questions. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so I know a lot of people when they hit midlife, in the, you know, inevitable midlife crisis, it definitely is kind of a wake up call for some because it's like, I need to take a life assessment of where I'm at and where I'm going. Cause things, you know, start to accelerate as you get older, you know, it seems like time passes faster for some reason. Um, so what are your thoughts on the midlife crisis and preparing yourself for the second half? Actually, I'm going to push back a little bit because okay. I really don't like the word crisis. Uh, yes. And the reason I, I say that is because humans need and typically want to reinvent themselves quite often. And when you don't do it, and then all of a sudden you make a major change, people go, aha, you're having a crisis. You know? mm. But in reality, people are constantly reinventing themselves all the time. It's just... At a certain point, things build up or you, you put it off, you put it off, you put it off. And you're like, man, I really always wanted to be a ballerina or something. And so when you do that, they go, oh, yeah, look at Rick, he's 40, you know, to be expected. But it's not. It's everyone needs to evolve. Everyone needs to change. Nothing ever stays the same anywhere in this universe. It's always changing. And so the biggest thing I tell people and the biggest thing I'm trying to and by the way, this is the voice of experience, is if you allow yourself to reinvent, if you allow yourself to change, if you allow yourself to explore, then you're not ever going to have that perception of hitting a wall and making that grand change. Maybe it will. People are accusing me of a midlife crisis now because, you know, how dare you quit your job at 60? Well, nobody does that. Um, but it's not a crisis. It's a reinvention. It's an experimentation. And I think humans need to do more of it. And then we will see less, you know, there'll be less crisis. Yes. I've also heard it termed as a midlife awakening that, you know, you kind of wake up to a lot of things, you know, that, that midpoint that maybe you've been dormant on or sleeping. 
Yeah. And a lot of it is time. I mean, literally when you're in your forties and fifties, if you had kids, when most people have kids, your kids are growing up, they're heading off to college, they're getting married and having kids of their own, the career that you've been pursuing for 30 or 40 years, you know, you're not really pursuing it much anymore. It's a normal time for change to happen. And a lot of people allow themselves to make that change then, which is by the perception of midlife. Um, but you know, if you had your kids much later, your crisis is going to happen 60, or if you didn't have kids or pursue a career, it could happen in your thirties. It's, it's a lot of it is circumstances. You don't have an option. You know, when you're raising six and seven year old kids, you're not, you know, you're not going to do a lot of things that perhaps you really wanted to do, but when they're gone and they're don't living their own life, yeah, you're going to have that opportunity. Yes. I, the empty nester syndrome affects some people maybe a little too long. And I would imagine mm -hmm. some great advice is to kind of, you know, get on with it already. You know, once your kids leave the house and now you have this opportunity for you in your life and what you want to do. Mm -hmm. so, very cool. And again, some people actually, I mean, they may be very connected with their family and that may be the most important thing to them and their kids and their grandkids and everyone else and more power to you. If that is your life. I mean, Find what it is that makes you happy, but just because that's the American normal way, don't be afraid to say that's not maybe my option. And, and, and I guess the hardest thing is if you do choose another option to be the empty nester, to go travel, to learn the piano or do ballet or whatever it is you want to do, is you're going to be judged because you know, you're not following the norm. So be aware of that and just you know, allow yourself the opportunity to try. So how are you handling the judgments of the two-year embarkment you're about to take? <laughs> I think it's jealousy is some of that judgment. <laughs> a little bit is. I, and I, I get a lot of the other thing is, oh, I, you know, I can't believe you're doing that, but in a positive way. And then I get other people who just sort of roll their eyes and go, you know, you're taking away from your family again. I'm learning to not listen to them. I'm learning to not listen to them with such a critical impact. Uh, guilt is a really strong emotion. And so if you allow the guilt to build up, you start thinking, oh, if I do, if I take off work, if I go travel, who am I taking away from? What if my parents do get sick? And, and now it's like, I've, I've got a new grandbaby. You know, oh my God, I'm not going to be there for his first year of his life. Uh, guilt is a really powerful thing. And people can use that guilt to manipulate you. So it's learning to listen and to balance and not immediately just react to what people are saying. Understand what's important. Everyone's got to make a priority list. And yes. sometimes you put yourself at the top. Now, I know, for instance, when we go traveling, if one of my family members needs me, I'm going to be on the first plane back. Um, I live in Miami. They live in Virginia. It's not that much different now. It's just a little couple more hours on a plane somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's understanding. It really is understanding that you're not, it, it's not a zero sum game. It's not either this or that. There's a lot of gray area in between. And it's, Taking people's you know, comments with a grain of salt and understanding you can live somewhere between A and B. Yes, yes. Um, that's really good wisdom to think about, you know, as you age and how you process, you know, the, the different opinions that might come your way and, you know, still living your life because ultimately it is your life and your choice. So mm -hmm. I think that's a really important point. Um, 
Okay, so we're coming at the end of this segment. Do you have anything else you would like to add that's pertinent to the topic of mastering your second half of life? <laughs> oh, that list is long. Uh, you sure you want to end it? No. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> um, I think I've, I've kind of covered it. And, and the biggest thing is, I think people tend to limit themselves. And a lot of it is imprinting. And a lot of it is, like I said, guilt. And a lot of it is just, you've been on a certain boat ride and you've always been on this boat ride and it's scary. It is scary for people to, to change, to accept a different level of risk, to hop off the boat and go left or go right or something. It's, it's not something we tend to do, especially if you've got 40 years of being on a certain boat, it, but it's important to try or at least consider the possibility. And this all comes back to a thing that I'm, I'm actually actively working on myself. It's where do you start from? You can start from a, no, I can't, let me talk myself into it. Or you can start with, maybe I can, and then look at the options and look at the possibilities, and then maybe talk yourself out of it if it's not something you really want. But your default setting needs to change, especially as you get older. And it's, yeah, you've had a great ride. You've had a great 40 years or 30 years or 50 years or whatever it is, but Change is possible. Change is not bad. Change is what leads to pretty great things. And I guess if I was going to leave anybody with anything, it's just enable the possibility of change. Fantastic. I love that. Um, one thing for me that I always think about when I look at the older generation is how are, you know, they aging gracefully and then, you know, finding those role models and you know, maybe vicariously looking at how, like you, for example, about to embark on a two-year trip, I will vicariously look at that and maybe, you know, that plants a seed in me for one day and that I want to do that. So I always think about, you know, looking ahead at, you know, those in front of us and what they're doing and learning from them. So even if you're 60, look to the seven-year-olds, 70s, look to the 80-year-olds. And, and like you said, don't be afraid of change. A lot of good things can come with change. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Rick. I sure do appreciate you coming on my channel today. Oh, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Yes. And if you guys like this video, please give it a thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell to be alerted to when the next video drops. Thanks for watching. Thanks, Rick. <laughs>